This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 8, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. Libertarians may wish to privatize all aspects of marriage, but doing so might mean even greater intervention into all areas of otherwise private family behavior. Cato Institute research fellow Jason Kuznicki is author of the new analysis, Marriage Against the State, Toward a New View of Civil Marriage. We spoke last week. Marriage rights, uh, as we understand them or talk about them, are sometimes granted by the government, are sometimes the product of just shared social understandings. Sometimes they're a hybrid of the two. And the suggestion I make in this policy analysis is let's look at the things that marriage does individually. It does a lot of different separate things, and it's important to look at them separately and consider them one at a time. Okay. In the modern world, what does it do? Marriage creates a set of understandings about child custody and child support. It creates a set of tax consequences for the married couple. It creates a set of legal obligations for the dissolution of the relationship. It creates a uh, a protection against uh, the testimony of your spouse. You're never forced to testify against your spouse. It does a lot of different things. In fact, it's been estimated that there are more than 1,100 different federal-only rights and privileges of marriage. At the state level, there are more. Why is it important then to look at each of these elements or these grouping of groupings of elements uh, individually? Well, some of them are what we might call negative rights, and some of them are positive or welfare rights. And if you are a libertarian like me, you might be more favorable to the negative rights and less favorable or more critical of the uh, positive rights. Uh, It's important to look at these things one at a time because they have been uh, accreted into marriage or or added to marriage one at a time uh, with different purposes in mind, with different outcomes, and we ought to evaluate them both on, on those purposes and on those outcomes, recognizing that each of these different rights that is associated with marriage is going to have its own unique history, its own set of uh, imperatives behind it. It's not just one thing. Uh, I think a lot of times nowadays we're used to thinking of marriage as one thing because that's how it's talked about, for example, in the context of same-sex marriage. And the longer I looked at that issue, the more I began to realize that that's really a, a false way of looking at marriage or not helpful way of looking at marriage. For example, Uh, When a same-sex couple gets married, why is it doing that? Uh, Some would say that these people want social validation. They want government approval for their relationship. And perhaps up to a point, that's actually true. However, there are other reasons that uh, we can look at this and say this is a defensible thing that they're doing on very solidly libertarian grounds. They're trying to protect their own property. They're trying to protect their own interests, their own uh, chosen uh, decisions about end-of-life care or about the children that they're raising together. And uh, these are things I think that we ought to want as a society. We ought to, uh, we ought to protect Uh, These are questions of autonomy. They are questions of individual self-determination. And in fact, validating people's decisions on these these points, making them have social consequences, turns out, I think, and I argue in the paper, to save us time and money and hassle. And if your concern is that we're giving too much to same-sex couples, I would say let them marry. It's cheaper. It's simpler. 
and it will, in the end, mean less of society's resources going to this question of what do we do with same-sex couples anyway. I think a lot of people who oppose same-sex marriage would argue the things that you are suggesting are benefits, are costs, and vice versa. That is, they would say, well, the fact that these relationships are more made more difficult uh, or, or challenging in a way, that's a feature of the system rather than a bug. I'm sure that it is, but then I'd have to ask them how much do they want to pay for it because it does appear that if we allow same-sex couples to marry, uh, the Congressional Budget Office has said this will save the federal government money. So uh, do we want to save that money? Yeah, I, yeah, probably we do. It would create a system for resolving the end of a relationship in an orderly and non-chaotic manner, which right now isn't always present. It would settle a lot of claims about child custody that right now often are in limbo or are, are uh, subject to confusing conflicts of, of jurisdiction or of residence between couples that have separated. So uh, if you want this problem to go away, and I think a lot of people do, it's not unreasonable to say you may have marriages and you know what? I'm free to think what I want about those marriages and maybe you know, by my church or my individual judgment, you're not actually married. Marriage is a legal thing as well as a religious thing. And one of the, one of the measures I call for in the paper is to more clearly recognize that. Call it civil marriage. Let religions have their religious marriages. Let them decide what to do with couples who maybe are of two different faiths because certain religions don't allow that or what to do with couples where one partner is divorced previously. Some churches allow that. Some don't. And also let them decide what to do with two men or two women who want to marry one another. How does your argument differ from the oft-repeated uh, libertarian slogan, privatize marriage? I would love to privatize marriage. But the way that you get the government out of people's private lives is not always by pretending those private lives don't exist. That's what I'm concerned about when someone says, let's just privatize marriage. So let me give you an example. If we privatize marriage, you and your wife have a child. Who does that child belong to? Well, probably it belongs to your wife. You can probably prove that. But what if, what if there's some question about whether you're the father? What if your wife says, well, you're not actually the father and I don't want you to have anything to do with the child? Well, when you're married and when there is a legal relationship there that's recognized, we have orderly ways of dealing with conflicts like this. If there were private marriage, I don't know what would happen to you. I really don't. So there's a body of law then that has grown up over around this institution uh, that protects things in a, in a certain way that is generally agreed upon. This is how we do things. Uh, has a lot of buy-in then. Is that what you're saying? I would say so. And I would also say that part of having a government that is unobtrusive and that allows you autonomy is having a government that behaves in predictable ways. I know what's going to happen in the future. I can make my plans around that. That's important. If you don't know, then are you going to even want to have a child? when your relationship to that child may never be secure. I don't know. Cato Institute Research Fellow Jason Kuznicki is author of the new analysis, Marriage Against the State, Toward a New View of Civil Marriage. You can download your copy of the report at cato.org.